Hey y'all, welcome back to the Confessions of a Crappy Christian Podcast, a place where you and all of your crap are not just welcome, you're wanted. I'm your host, Blake Gishay, and every week I'm showing up with a new friend to talk about the things we're really great at, the ways Christ fills in the gaps on the things that we're not, and how he has been faithful to make his power perfect in our weaknesses. My hope is that you walk away feeling empowered and not alone in your struggles, and that people sharing their stories pushes you to share yours. All right, let's do this. All right, y'all. So for today's first ever bonus episode, it's just me, which I'm going to tell you up front is daunting. I'm sitting in my closet talking to myself. This episode will definitely be shorter than the rest, but I thought I would take this first solo experience as an opportunity to tell you more about myself. When I opened up my DMs a couple of weeks ago for suggestions on solo episodes, a surprising number of you wanted to hear my story, which at first I was like, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. But the more I thought about it and the more I prayed about it, I mean, it kind of makes sense. It makes sense for you to better know the person behind this podcast that you're letting into your life every week, right? So let's do this. If we go back to the beginning, I am one of the lucky ones who grew up in an incredibly stable, loving, Christ-centered home. My parents did more than just take us to church every week. I mean, they lived it. They taught us about the real Christ who died to free us from shame and law and all of the things that a lot of Christians feel chained up by. Uh, I've had to do a lot of work in my adulthood to work on warped theology that came from the church, but luckily never from my parents. Uh, I was in youth group. I went on mission trips. I mean, I even like led worship during youth group sometimes. And looking back, I know that I thought that I got it. I thought that I understood. I thought that I grasped the gravity of what Christ had done for me and what that was supposed to mean in my life. But I know that retrospectively, I really didn't. Um, I was still very desperately searching for someone or something to fill this space in my life that felt gaping and empty. And I think a lot, if not most of us, have felt that point, that way at some point in our childhood or our teenage years or even into college. Um, for me, I liked boys a lot. Uh, my story isn't some wild tale of trysts and debauchery, but I mean, I like I made out with a lot of guys and I fooled around with my fair share of boys in high school, um, and into the beginning of college. I will go ahead and spoil the ending for you. I was a virgin when I got married. Um, but when I talk about my story with people, this more like intimate side of it, I'll tell them that I was I was a virgin by technicality. Um, I had given a lot of myself and a lot of my heart away to boys who really didn't give a crap about me. Um, and I had the baggage to show for it. Uh, boys liking me was largely where I was finding my identity. I certainly wasn't finding it in Christ because I don't think I even knew what that really would mean. I went into college and there had the added benefit of bars and no parental monitoring. I never went quote unquote off the rails. I I would say it was pretty standard 
college partying with bad choices and you know it it was never crazy but it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't great <laughs> um halfway through my first semester at LSU God and I hit a crossroads I personally believe that I have heard the audible voice of God a few times in my life uh and this was one of them I can remember exactly where I was when I heard him say I have so much more for you than this and it quite literally like took me to my knees. It was like that story from Acts where scales fell from Saul's eyes and all of a sudden I was very aware of how much and what I was missing. All of the things that I had been keeping at an arm's length that I knew full and well from my upbringing were good and fulfilling but didn't feel like they fit what I needed. I all of a sudden was so aware of, oh no, That's what I've been chasing. That's what I've been replacing with boys and attention and all of these things that were just wearing away at me. I was looking to those things to fill a hole that only Christ could fill. And it was like it all came flooding in at once. I had this extra benefit of a childhood in church where I knew the Bible drills. I knew the stories. I knew the truth. And so I think I was kind of able to hit the ground running, which I'm very, I'm so thankful for. I started going to a college ministry with my best friend who had also found Jesus at the same time. So shout out Holy Spirit for that one. We would, we lived in the same dorm and we would meet in this little tiny, really crappy like den lounge area that had like a couch and a microwave. And we would just open our Bibles and dig in. And anyone who has come to Christ at a a later age probably can remember that just ravenous feeling where you just couldn't get enough because you were just, oh my gosh, this is what I've been looking for all this time. This This is what I've been desperately searching for. And you were just like, yes, more. Give it to me. I will read this whole Bible right now. We got plugged in, we stopped partying, we broke up with our non-believer boyfriends, kind of all the standard new believer stuff. But I was definitely still struggling to find balance in this area of my life where I still very much wanted a boy to love me and tell me that I was worthy and probably in some capacity still fill this small part of me. I was like, yes, Jesus is the answer. Jesus is enough. But also... I really want this and I'm going to search it out until I find it. And I honestly thought that now I was like an actual Christian. It was in the bag. You know what I mean? Like I know for a fact that I'm not alone in that. It's a shoe in now. I love Jesus. Jesus wants me to find a partner. So come on, bring on that rom-com inspired man of my dreams who loves Jesus, but also loves me and like walking on sunshines playing in the background Except that's not how it always goes, is it? I mean, it wasn't. I started dating my college boyfriend halfway through my sophomore year. And while I don't want to go into this extensively, let's just say it wasn't good. We welcomed in a lot of sin. And I fully believe the enemy used us in each other's lives to tell lies and create wounds that 
I mean, I can only speak for myself, but that have followed me for a really long time. We were unhealthy at our best, playing with fire, but also thinking we had found forever. I 100% thought I was going to marry this man. I put all of my eggs in that basket. And thankfully, God's plans are so much better than ours. And even though it took a lot of trial and error and multiple breakups and so much more pain than was ever necessary, we did finally go our separate ways. And that breakup was an S-H-I-T show. People picked sides. There were new romantic parties involved. There were lies and fights and like letters. And it was just a dumpster fire. And I was left with so much baggage. I mean, it's kind of incredible. I mean, we were together for three and a half years, but in the grand scheme, the grand timeline of your life, that's really not that long. But that was all it took. I felt like spoiled goods. While we hadn't actually had sex, we had towed that line closely. And while we hadn't gotten engaged or even anything close, I had planned my life around him, and the rug had gotten pulled out from under me. And I felt beat up, and I felt discarded. God, I felt so worthless. And I know that that sentiment resonates with people listening. It honestly pains me to think back to that girl, to close my eyes and go back to her and remember that feeling like every nerve ending is exposed and everything hurts and nothing feels safe. And I feel like a little bit of a holy roller telling you what happened next, but it's just the truth. God 100% used that junk to make me who I am today. I would say that that relationship and that breakup were the most monumental shift in my life and in my relationship with Christ. Because what the enemy meant for harm, God turned on its head and used to push me straight into Jesus' arms deeper and more intimately than I had ever experienced in my life. What the enemy meant to create lifelong lies and wounds and baggage, Jesus has redeemed and turned into part of my story and has given that power back to me to use that story to help other people to walk through unhealthy relationships or walk out the other side with them, to look into relationships where I can see the markers and I can see the, the, the death that is happening and say, sister, what, what are we, what are we doing? What are we doing here? I started dating my now husband, Jeremy, not super long after that guy and I broke up. And even in the early days of our relationship, I can remember being like, what am I doing? I am way too wounded and messed up to be dating. But it just was right. It was the next right step. And I, I couldn't. I tried to break up with him. He will tell you that. I tried to be like, this, I'm a mess. You don't need this. Like, you go find somebody great because it's not me right now. But instead, God used him to undo and break every single chain that that previous relationship had put on me. God has used that relationship to teach me that God created me exactly the way that I am. And I am not only worthy of others' love, but I'm worthy of God's. I am not too loud. I am not too opinionated. I am not too anything 
fully believe that God knew that Jeremy was the perfect person to come up beside me and say, uh, no, I love you because you're sassy. I love you because you're opinionated. Please don't change. Please don't give up all of that. Because that was where I was kind of headed. God has used my husband to teach me that I am more than just a body. I am more than just a hookup. That I am sacred and I am beautiful and I am valued. He's used our relationship and our marriage to undo the lie that relationships have to be hard. That they have to be a freaking like crazy roller coaster of emotions. He's used it to teach me that they're supposed to be a reflection of Christ in the church. Holy and safe and intimate. Not easy, per se, but safe. There was a time when I wished more than anything that I could go back and change my story. That I could undo the boy chasing and the drinking and the bad choices. I've definitely wished I could undo that relationship. That I could save more of myself for my husband. But in all honesty, I think that's a tactic from the enemy. I think that if he can get us wrapped up in remorse and regret, then he's still blocking us from using our story for good. It's taken me a really, really long time to believe that my story is good. To take back ownership of it and to buck against shame and to start using it to help others. To pull it into the light. In all honesty, like, I'm 30. This relationship was when I was like 19, 20, 21. It's been almost 10 years of counseling and prayer and forgiveness and working through lies and chains and doubt to reclaim this part of my story. It feels weird. It feels weird to be talking to you about it. It feels weird to be sharing it with you. But here's the thing. If you are in or have been in an unhealthy, toxic, damaging relationship and you're embarrassed about it, then you're right where the enemy wants you. If there are parts of your story that you push to the back of the line and don't deal with and don't own, you're right where Satan hopes you'll stay. Your story does not disqualify you, friend. That's kind of the whole point of the cross. That that junk is wiped clean. It doesn't define you. It is not your identity. I am not that person. I am not defined by that experience. I know for a long time my answer in the face of that was, I mean, yeah, I know it's wiped clean for God, but like not for everybody else. Everybody else remembers what a crazy dumpster fire that was. I remember how horrible it was. But, like, is that what matters? How everybody else defines you? Because the answer to that question is no. (laughs) It's not. The practice of standing on the truth that the only person who gets a say in who I am is Jesus takes work. It takes effort, and it takes discipline, and it takes practice, and lots of counseling on my part. But it has been the first step in redeeming my story. In allowing God to show up and show his hand throughout it and believe that it is beautiful. Like I can honestly sit here and tell you that this story that created wounds and baggage and pain, I believe it's beautiful. 
I can now easily look back and see the ways that his faithfulness is woven throughout the entire thing. And I know that from this point forward, that is going to continue to be true. I know that he's going to continue to undo lies and free me from shame. I know that he has good for me. Even when I do everything in my power to not choose it, he has good for me. In the next solo episode, we're going to talk more about how anxiety and depression have played a part in my story and undoing the stigma of being a Christian who also struggles with mental health. And I'm really excited about that. But we needed this episode to kind of, as a jumping off point, I needed you to know a little bit more about where I've come from and what I've been through and the lies that I've believed. Um, so to close us out, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for me. And I'm just going to hope that this meets you where you're at and that it's what you needed today. Father, first of all, I just thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for the chance to share people's and my own story. I thank you for the chance to redeem the things that the enemy meant for harm and to stand in the light with them and show people how good you are even when life is hard. Father, I pray for the people that are listening, Lord. I pray that if this particular story and situation and pain resonates with them, Lord, I pray that you would meet them there. I pray that in this moment, you would show them the truth of who they are, that they are not defined by things that have happened to them or by choices they have made. Father, I pray that right now you would break those chains, Lord. I pray that they would fall to the ground and we would stand on top of them in the truth that you call us holy, you call us blameless, and you know that we are yours and we know that you are, you are ours, Lord. Father, we pray for freedom. We pray for peace to overcome the junk. God, we pray for miraculous healing from our past. That you would help us stand up and take back what the enemy means to use against us, Lord. Help us see the ways that your hand is woven throughout our story. And then help us know what to do with that, Lord. Give us the next right steps to move forward. Lead us in forgiveness. Lead us into reconciliation. Lead us into healing, Lord. Because we know that that's what you have for us pray all of this in your name. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Confessions of a Crappy Christian podcast. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast and you can find the show notes and more information about the show at confessionsofacrappychristian.com. I'll see y'all next week.
start a rewarding new career right away. Giant Eagle has immediate openings for supermarket positions, including curbside roles, get-go positions, pharmacy technicians, and warehouse workers. To find your new job and get hired in as little as one day, visit jobs.gianteagle.com.